Welcome to the Grace Life Teens podcast. GLT is a youth ministry of RCCG Grace Chapel in New Westminster, BC. Our vision is to build teenagers into disciples of Jesus Christ who will reign as kings and priests. We hope this message inspires and builds you up.
God decided to put that person as the first person in the genealogy of Jesus. So that tells me something. That's if God came to church today, if God came to church today, those people we thought that they are the peak of everything, this probably will not be the people that God would pick to do his work. And that is why I titled my message today. Filthy, scarred, untamed, but useful. Just like this paper. It's filthy, it is scarred, it is untamed, yet it is still useful. Today's message of my teaching today, or what I'm going to be admonishing us together today, is not for perfect people. If you know you're perfect, you can go to Harvest Church. Maybe the message there will be for you. But today's church is for people like me. People that don't feel qualified. People that felt if God wants to use someone, it should not be me. Because I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. Even when I come to church, I can't sit in the front because they know that I'm not as serious as the rest of them. You know, when they want to do things in church, I don't need to raise my hand because if I raise my hand, I will just embarrass myself because I'm not good enough. They asked us to go preach. How are you asking to go preach? Even me, I still need to be preached to because I'm not doing the things I ought to be doing. I can't even pray to God and concerning some things because why would God answer my prayer as fully as I am with the bad habits I have, with the way I used to do things that even no knows about? I'm not good enough for God. Those are the people I believe God would want me to speak to today. I myself am included. When I was trying to get what to talk to you about, I was thinking of something that would be so exciting and get us up and down, but very grateful to many strangers to my heart. First, um, can we read the book of First Corinthians 14? I said they're going to read the Bible, so please help out. Isaiah what? Yeah. I know, but Isaiah what? Yeah. Isaiah 2.14. Isaiah 2.14. Person without the spirit of God cannot understand the things of God. They are Let's hold that on our left hand. While we read Isaiah 55, verse 8. God weighs and not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. So that brings back to my earlier assertion. If God came in here to pick people for use, he would pick the way he would pick. And that is why we need to be careful as children of God on how we how, how, how we point fingers at people and how we judge people. You might see a broken vessel that is not worthy to be used, but God might see a work in progress. That he's going to use to turn the whole world around. I'm going to be citing some examples for us today. Um, I, 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 I noted them in my notes. Um, I looked at one of the things I wanted to talk about initially was brokenness. 
And that was where I was starting from, and the Holy Spirit steered me away from there. But then I was looking at the dictionary meaning of what it means to be broken. And it said, break, to break means to separate or cause to separate into a piece as a result of blow, into, to separate into pieces, breaking into pieces as a result of a blow, a shock, or strain. And when it is being used as a noun, it means to interrupt in continuity or uniformity. When something is uniform, it causes break, so it is no longer uniform again. All through the Bible, we see this repeated over and over again, especially in the choice of men and women God chose for his work. And the first set of people we're going to be looking at, broken people, nameless people, non-entities, that God decided to start working with. Let's put ourselves in the position of Jesus. Imagine you are Jesus. You are the great ministry. You are the great, you are the creator of the whole world. You created everything. All those PhD holders, you are the one that created them. All those doctors, you are the one that created them. I'm also doing a PhD, so I'm not saying PhD holders are bad. That's the way they do. So it's fine. It's good to have to be well screwed. But God has all those people. And when Jesus was going to come to choose 12 people, who were the 12 he chose? If you were, if you, if you are in this room now, like if I ask, good news, um, you are going to go preach in, let's say, New West at the bus station. You have opportunity to just pick three people to go preach with you. And you must make sure you win at least 10 souls. I think it's nine of those people. It's not this sister that I know they can pray. It comes very well. The first person is the first person. There's a second person. I know the people that know can pray very well. You want to pick people that you know that are very good. And I don't blame you. That's what I'm also going to do. I know the people is. That is what man is going to do. And that is why the Bible, that's why I read the priest in Isaiah. God waits and knows how he is. Man can tell you that you are useless. Man can commonize you and begin to judge you just by the things you do and make you feel like nothing good can come out of you. God is never like that. Your parents might even tell you that I don't expect anything from you. They treat you like that sometimes. And you just feel like, okay, I'll surprise this woman and I'll show her that I also can be good. Not that your older child that is excellent and perfect. Me too, I can be good. Or some of you are just resigned to feel like, what's the point? But with God, with God, there's no amount of how broken, how easy, or how dirty you might be. It can, it can still make what gold out of your broken and dirty lives. We're going to see how God did it with this very weird set of people. Let's read um, Matthew 10. After we read Matthew 10 to 12, we give you references in maybe you look up, you look it up on your own so as to be able to um, learn through fast enough. Thank you. 
You see, there were 12 disciples whom Jesus picked, right? Andrew was one of them. Peter was one of them. James was one of them. And John was one of them. When we read Matthew 4, 18 to 22, you realize that the profession of these guys was what? Fishermen. And being a fisherman, then it's just like being a fisherman now. It's like the job of the, of, of, of the poor people, people that just try to survive. You understand? We try to make ends meet every day. So they were ordinary people without any extraordinary thing in them. These guys, they were. If, imagine Jesus was coming to heart and want to pick comrades to begin to walk with him. Jesus did not go to church, he did not go to the synagogue, he did not go to look for perfect people. He went to look for people that were ordinary people. They were doing ordinary things. And we're singing ordinary and maybe extraordinary kind of sing also, as you can see along the line. He picked people just like you and I. People they were not they, they, they were not known in their town. Just like you were obscure in your class and nobody knows you. Nobody, and some of you might be the popular one. Or some of you might be among the gangs. We'll see different gangs that pick Jesus Christ. He picked people from different gangs. Yes. Gang, 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 gang. Gangs, please. Whatever you call it. I use the word gang. Because, yes. I use the word gang. I use the word gang. Can we forgive them? Can we forgive them? This is why we are so clear. Because the tax collectors, you can't just be a tax collector 
and be an ordinary guy. He must be linked and connected. Because it is the Romans that pick tax collectors. Because they are collecting tax to give to the Romans. And those guys are always very rich because they make a lot of money. So it's like a clique. Nobody can enter into their clique. They know themselves. They are supposed to be the most corrupt people in the whole of Israel. Look at you want to pick someone. I don't know, not all of us came from Nigeria, but so imagine you Jesus Christ was coming to Jesus Christ was coming to do his work in the world and you went to Nigeria and picked a Nigerian politician. Yeah. The way you did ah, that was exactly what the people in their time did. Jesus Christ is just trying to show us that no amount of how no no matter how bad and terrible we've been, we are not irredeemable. He can still use us to do extraordinary things. And that is why he decided to choose what? Ordinary people with no nobility in them, with no meaningful thing in them. People that we would cast out. People that when they come to church, anybody will keep their phone very well. Like, oh, this kind of person is different. Yeah. Those are the people that Jesus Christ decided to use. Simon, who was Simon? According to Luke 6, 10, and also um, Matthew 10 that we read, Simon was a zealot. What does it mean to be a zealot? No. He was a fanatic. He's like all those um, debater, politician. Because during that time, the Israelites were under the Roman rule. So there were some people that, that like, are protesters. They lead operate, they lead unrest in order to make them realize that we don't want what you guys are doing to us. They are like freedom fighters. Yeah, the sword that is an antagonist, an activist. Yeah, yeah. That was who Simon was. So there was nothing about God in him. All he all his own was to fight for human rights, to cause unrest, to to, to scatter things. Just to make sure that the Romans are not having the best of life in the land of Israel. And imagine Jesus Christ went to among people like that and picked someone to be a disciple. Praise God. These were ordinary men with nothing extraordinary about them. But Jesus was able to what? Pick them up. And what 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 were the things that disciples did? They were the ones that turned the whole world around. These ordinary people. So I'm just I just want to understand one thing about God, and that's what I'm also trying to understand at this point in my life. With God, there is never a case closed. Like a case is closed, it can't be useful again. With man, yes, men can point fingers and to and be like, oh, we can't trust this person. But God be like, I can give you another chance to make something meaningful out of your life. By our standard, like from what we've read earlier in, in, in uh, Matthew 1, only women like Mary, no one questioned Mary being the mother of Jesus, right? Because she was perfect. And when she was included in the genealogy of Jesus, she was the kind of woman that we expect to be the genealogy of Jesus. So only women and, and like Mary should be associated with Jesus. But God is 
abseitend auf der Taufgasse. Wir sind die Übers und Jesu Gefühlsstrings zu Konfrank geworden. So als Hundert der Gott Jesus, die er Jesus spricht, die kommen die Bachelor zu Jesus, zu den Leuten von Jesus, die kommen die Ara, die Real, die Likes of Roots, die Likes of Tama, die Alots, zu Jesus, zu den Leuten von Jesus. Die kommen die Zealots, die kommen Simon, die kommen Peter, die kommen Doubtful Fisherman, die kommen Tax Collector, To be a disciple. The same way he's going to call a liar me. A liar you. I don't know whatever sin you call it. That makes you feel unfit. The same way he's able to call us. But then, for us to start on this transformational journey from normality and nonentity to prominence with God, we need to, one, like disciples, Be willing to be this call when he comes calling. Look at the story of, of Peter in Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11. I'll just read it. Said, um, I'll jump to verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and lay down the net that he will catch a lot of fish. Sir, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we will try again. And this time, their net was so full and they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners into the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, sir, please leave us. I'm too much of a sinner for you to come around. For he was awestruck at the size of their catch, as were the others with him. And his partner too, James and John, the son of Zebedee. Jesus replied, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for the souls of men. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and went with him. First thing I want you to see that Peter did was in verse 8. I'll read verse 8 again. He said, Oh, sir, he said, as when Simon realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, sir, please leave us. I'm too much of a sinner for you to have around. For us to move from this nonentity to prominence, to move from this calm to the person that God will begin to rush all us to, one wonderful thing is true. We need to respond like Peter responded. As the message continues to come to you, Peter was, did what? He went on his knees. He looked at himself. How unworthy I am that such a man would want to even relate with me. Such a man as powerful as Jesus. Such a God as caring as our God, as loving as our God, would want to come after me and be knocking at the door of my heart. For me to follow him. He acknowledged his sin. He did not try to explain it away. He looked at Jesus and he saw how pure and clean Jesus was. Rather than run away from him, what did he do? He knelt before him. He said, I can't walk with you. I'm not fit. And remember the story of, 
of, of the Pharisee and the other guy that went to pray. The other guy that was saying, oh, he was like, I'm good, I, I give tithes, I give offering, I fast twice a week. He did not get anything in return. But the other guy that was able to say, God, this is me. I want repentance now. Have mercy on me. He went out. He went back justified. I just want us to understand that with God, when he keeps calling unto us, what is your response to him? The reason Peter was able to become the great guy that we end up talking about today was because of the response he made at that point in time. He did not explain his sin away. He did not try to say that it is our time. This is the way we do things. He did not try to say that who is this guy. Or he did not try to use Jesus as a business implementing tool. What did he do? He went on his knees and asked that God should, and asked that Jesus should leave him because what he was a sinner. The first point we need to do what is what acknowledge our sins. Jesus is going to come. He has been coming. We've been hearing the words. Instead of those sins to drive us away, rather to drive us closer to Him, we need to acknowledge our sins. It is from the point of acknowledgement that is when we can move to the point of holiness. And the next thing He did was in verse eleven. In verse 11, it said, As soon as they landed, they left everything and went with them. What was Peter's job? A fisherman, right? They caught a lot of fish. They were all excited and happy. That was why he went to the sea that day. He went to the sea to catch fish. But at the end of the day, what happened? Jesus caught his heart. And all the fish that he ended up catching, they were so big and mighty that he was supposed to make a lot of profit from. What did he do? He left everything and followed Jesus. What brought you to church today? Some of you, the reason you're in church today is because your parents came to church and you have to do it this church. Some of you, your parents are not here, but then something keeps telling you, why will you be at home on Sunday? Don't go to church. Some of you, the reason you're coming to church is like, oh God, you need to help me now with money. I'll be coming to church. I promise I'll be coming to church every Sunday. So if I help me in my exam, I'll be coming to church every Sunday. We have different reasons of coming to God. For coming here today, we have different reasons of trying to approach God. But like Peter, the reason he obeyed was because he wanted to catch fish. But at the end of the day, he left that fish and followed God. I want to ask you, are you going to follow the blessing or the blesser? That was what happened to Peter. Peter had an option. The blessing of the fish was there with him. He could go with the blessing of the fish, but that would be a one-off thing. But he could go with the blesser. And that is the choice we all have to make every day in our lives. Are we going to go with the blessing or the blesser? We can always run to Jesus anytime you need fish again. But we realize that I don't need this. What I need in my life is this guy. If this guy can be in my life, then everything is sorted. He left the fish and followed Jesus. Whatever it is that is driving you to go, until you are able to leave it and follow Jesus and follow God wholeheartedly, not because of what men would say. Even men would tell you you are stupid. Do you think they would not have told Peter he was foolish? He left his source of livelihood and followed a man that he just met. The same way your friends will laugh at you when you tell them that I think this thing is becoming real now. I can't do some of these things anymore. 
like, oh, you want to become like all those SU. You want to become this. SU is what, what they call Christians in, 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 in school there. SU are like deeper life, um, overly spiritual. You want to become overly spiritual and not enjoy the best of your life. They must have told Peter all that. How will you sustain your family and everything like that? But Peter decided to follow the blesser and not the blessing. Which would you follow if you had to choose? Remember, we are not worthy of being in Jesus' presence because all are sin and falling short of his glory. But yet, unlike the people of the world that cast us away, he decided to bring us closer to himself and use us for his glory. The decision is yours. The decision is mine to make. We look, we'll look at the second example. The second example is um, the second example is Matthew. Let's quickly I'll quickly read Mark 2, 14 to 16. From verse 14. Said, As he was walking up the beach, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collection booth. Come with me, Jesus told him. Come be my disciple. And Levi jumped to his feet and went along. That night, Levi invited his fellow tax collectors and many other notorious sinners to be his dinner guests so that they could meet Jesus. And his disciple. There were many men of this type among the crowd that followed him. Verse 16. But when some of the Jewish religious leaders saw him eating with these men of ill repute, they said to his disciple, How can he stand it to eat with such scum? Look at Levi, who was a tax collector, who was a sinner. But then when Jesus Christ accosted him on the way, what did he do? He left his tax booth. But that is not me I'm going to. What I want us to see is that what? After he encountered Jesus, the first thing he did was to bring what? Verse, what did he do in verse 15? Well, the people that would need him to go back to his sin, they realized that this guy that seemingly looked too perfect for me, that I don't have a chance to be with, decided to call me to follow him. It was like, this is extra. Imagine you are doing your business and somebody keeps telling you, somebody told you to follow him. I, I'm trying to look for the perfect example that we can relate with. He was a notorious guy. He's the people people don't talk to. People don't talk to him because they know him like he's one of those bad guys. Now imagine, okay, imagine you see someone smoking um, end, in your end. Will you go and preach to him? Not many of us would. But that was the kind of person Levi was. He was there, and Jesus Christ met him. He realized that there was something different about this Jesus. And I think the reason you keep coming to church is because a part of you tells you that there's something different about this Jesus. And he was like, there's something different about this Jesus. And he decided to follow Jesus. But he knew that the first thing, if I'm not careful, I'm going to go back to my vomit. Because my vomit are my friends. This, my friends, if they don't also come to acknowledge Jesus, it will be difficult for me. And what did he do? He used a means to what? To get his colleagues, his co-sinners, 
the bad guys that they were collecting parts with him, they called them the worst of sinners. He decided that I'm going to throw a party. I know that if I tell these people to come and meet one guy that has turned my life around, they will not listen. So I need to, I need to be skillful. He threw, he threw the party and invited all of them. And they all came. When they came, what happened? The good guys, the Pharisees in court, they were like, how would Jesus Christ be connecting with these people? And we can see the man, we can see the mind of Levi here in verse 16. He said, the reason he did the party was that so that those guys would also have the opportunity to meet with Jesus and the disciples. This was the kind of person that Jesus Christ was willing to work with. As Jesus Christ is knocking at the door of your heart, are you not ashamed to tell your friends about Jesus? Tell me about that. I feel like they should know me I'm a Christian. How will I, how will I stand up to kids? As I say, I'm not cool anymore. They don't want to hang out with me. And where are you going to on Sunday? Oh, I think I'm going to be busy. You can't tell them you're going to church. Because they begin to tag you. Oh, you're Christian. Oh, they may feel like I don't want to be cool anymore. Levi was going to lose everything he ever had. But then, it was just as a moment of encounter. What did he do? He was, not, he was not going to hide this encounter he had. You might have an encounter today, but because you keep hiding it, that is why you keep coming back to the same event over and over and over again. You need to be what vocal about your encounter. You need to be vocal about your relationship with Jesus. That is, we talked about these guys. We, talk, we looked at their beginning. Their beginning is meaningless, useless. No one knew them. But when you go to the book of Acts and later on, even in the Gospels, you see the wondrous things they did. They did tremendous things. Their shadow were healing people. Jesus Christ's shadow did not heal people. Their own shadow were healing people. They did extraordinary things. You can't continue to do the same thing and expect extraordinary things to happen through you. These guys, they were in your entity, but they made decisions that turned them from your entity to failures. You are not too young to cause a stir in your generation. You are not too young to be carriers of God's presence. You are not too young to be the people that God is going to say, I want to use to transform this school. I want to use to transform this environment. There are younger people than you and I that are doing wondrous things for God. They were not born saints. They were sinners like you and I. But there was a point in their life they needed to call. We're going to be closing now. And as I close, I ask, Peter left everything behind. What is your everything? For Peter, it was fish. But for us, our everything are different. There are things in our lives that hinder us, like pride. Oh, like, how would I go and sit down with those people? They are kids. They are not as brilliant as I am. What are they even saying? How will you be telling me what to do? As sophisticated I am, as I am, who are you to even tell me what to do? You don't understand me. It all comes down to pride. Just like Neymar, they ask him to go and meet him in those water. He said, well, how will you? Someone that is not perfect. You know you are not perfect. You know your life the way it is. You know those things that is making you cry. You look at yourself and like, only God can help me. Then the solution came and you were like, hey, how will you ask me to do this? How will you ask me to, to openly declare that I want to give my life to Jesus? 
I want to rededicate my life to you. Why can't I just live five days and go overseas? Just keep it quiet. And until God delivers from that pride, we will still continue to do the momentity that we have. Oh, you are not supposed to press your phone in church. Why would you tell me not to press my phone in church? What if I uh, is it not is it your phone? Why, why would you give me laws and regulations and things to do? Neymar almost lost his blessing because of pride. For some of us, it might be self-will. Self-will is a perverted, is a perverted use of free will. That's so strong will. Um, I, have, I, I have a right to make my choices and decisions. Like, God gave us free will. But you forget that Jesus Christ said, if anyone will follow me, he must first of deny himself. A man that is full of self cannot follow God. These guys, they were initially full of self, but they let go of those self. They let go of everything. Everything. What is the everything that Jesus Christ is striking you to let go for you today? And your everything is not my everything. Our everythings are different. For some of us, it might be stubbornness. It might be bad habits. Some pornography. Some sex. Whatever it is, you know what your everything is. He's willing to help you with it. If only you'll be willing to let go. Jesus Christ did not force Peter to let go of everything. Peter decided to let go of everything. I don't know if God gave you the privilege to put your name on the same to you. You see the end of the life of Peter. I don't know if you are here today and the Holy Spirit is ministering to your heart. But there's so much more I want to do with you. I don't want you to just live an ordinary life. To abandon our heart to God this afternoon. Our hearts close. I don't want to just be my good in your life. Yes, there might be nothing extraordinary about you now, but before I found you in your mother's room, I knew you and had a greater purpose for you than this. You are more than this. Men may look at you and see a fisherman, but I look at you and see a fisherman of men. Men may look at you and see a liar, someone that cannot be trusted, a tax collector, I look at you and see a great disciple. Why are you still ashamed to share me with your friends? Why are you ashamed to let go of everything? There might be nothing that you are going through tonight, this afternoon. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Life Teams. For more information about our youth ministry or for counseling or prayers, please contact the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Grace Chapel in New Westminster, BC, Canada. Online at www.rccgbc.org or on phone at 604-526-7732. God bless you.